Hey there, welcome to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast, a space to talk about all things life, fertility, parenthood, and everything in between. My name is Elizabeth. I am an international fertility coach, ICF certified life coach, birth and bereavement doula, and new parent educator. Join us as we support the tribe throughout their journey from conception to bringing your new baby home and everything along the way. See you in the episode. Welcome back. I'm so excited to speak with somebody I haven't spoken to in a long time, Josephine Alturi. She's an expert in meditation and mindfulness, which you all know I love so much, helping thousands of people overcome adversity and to find joy. A graduate graduate of University of Chicago, Josephine coupled her consulting background with her passion for total wellness to become certified as a meditation coach and teach corporate mindfulness. Her experience creating her modern day family of seven children, yes, everyone, seven children via IVF, international adoption and surrogacy inspires her work as a highly sought after fertility and parenting mindful coach. She hosts a popular podcast, Responding to Life, Talking Health, Fertility and Parenthood, where she interviews guests on their inspiring responses to life's challenges. Her parenting mindfulness expertise and fertility advocacy work has been featured in Huffington Post, Mind Body Green, Motherly, Prevention, The Bump, Well and Good, Women's Day, et cetera, et cetera. She's an author of the book, Mindfulness Journal for Parents, and her new book, Five Minute Mindfulness for Pregnancy, is coming out soon, I believe. So welcome, Josephine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to finally Yes, (laughs) that is a mouthful, and rightfully so. You have done so much and you know from all your experience as well as all the kids and all the things so i want to dive right into right now where you're at with the ages of your seven kids yeah um so my eldest who we adopted is 15. um we have 13 year old um boy girl twins they're the ones that i carried via ivf and then um six-year-old twin boys, uh, first surrogacy experience, and then um, one-year-old twin girls, uh, and then another surrogacy experience, a different surrogate this time. So how many sets of twins? Three. Three sets of twins. Is that like like just to you now normal, or do you think like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I have three sets of twins. Um, Yeah, no, you know, it feels, it's a, having twins is now not kind of normal now um I was good with five I think that like I had things in motion and it felt good I think the seven plus COVID was kind of my tipping point (laughs) it's been a little bit tricky um but all just so great yeah so how I know for people asking me all the time how do you do it running two businesses and three kids under you know whatever how do you do it? I always say it's a, you have to have a team, you have to have support. Like there's no way for me that I could do it on my own. How do you do it? Yeah, no, I, I, um, second that I am super grateful that my husband's very involved. Um, my dad lives with us and he helps with all the driving in LA. It's kind of crazy. Um, and then, yeah. And then we do have, um, a couple of babysitters who help out. So I always have someone here helping me out at any given point, except at night. Um, And it just wouldn't be possible without that because like the older kids are like out and about, they're constantly everywhere. And then the little ones, I would hate to like have to bring them 
with me everywhere. So that really helps, but also it helps to be a mindfulness meditation coach because I use a lot of that stuff for myself, which is yes. really, the joke is that's why I became one because I just, I was going crazy trying to figure out how to balance everything. And I knew there was something that I was missing. And for me, it was um, tapping into mindfulness and meditation. Yeah. So let's dive into that. I know I was just speaking to someone the other day that my breathwork coach was like, oh, just set your alarm 15 minutes early right now. I'm like, you don't have kids, do you? Like, <laughs> or little ones anyway, because I don't know if I'm waking up at 4.15. I don't know if I'm waking up at 5.15. Like, it's just not possible. So for me, in order to do those that sort of work, I need to just work it into my schedule and calendar it out during the day because that kind of morning set your alarm sort of thing doesn't work for my life right now. It will at some point later and it did previous to kids, but in this moment, no. So first of all, lead us to how you came to this. And then what are, what's some advice that you give to people that are in the same type of situation where we just have so much going on and we have the intention of wanting to be super mindful and Zen throughout our day. But the reality is, is it's, it's pretty chaos. Yeah. First of all, I just have to tell you that I completely, I was like nodding throughout the whole time you were talking about how um, what your breath uh, work coach is saying to you, because I'm the same way. Even when I was going through my certification process, it was like the same advice. It's like, set your alarm and do this. And I'm like, uh, that's not really practical because babies wake up whenever they want to wake up. So no matter when I said, I'd have to set my alarm at like four o'clock in the morning in order to do this. And then that would just defeat the whole point of feeling calm and like rested yes. and all this stuff, right? Yeah. So I love to hear that you incorporate it into your life in a more organic and natural way um, that suits sort of your, um, you know, your lifestyle, because that's the way to do it. And so to backtrack, uh, how did I come about this? You know, when I was going through my own um, trying to, to conceive journey, I didn't have the benefit of um, mindfulness, of meditation, and I really wish I did. And so once I started um, taking care of kids, and I mentioned like going back to work, I just felt like I wasn't present. I, my aha moment was when I realized that I couldn't remember what I did with my kids that day. I remember I was there with them. They were, uh, it was the boys who were little then. And uh, I remember being there, like physically there, but my mind wasn't there because I was on my phone, like checking emails and doing all the things, um, but I wasn't present. Yeah. And it was at that point that I was like, this has got to stop because I've worked so hard to everyone who's trying to conceive, you know, like the blood, sweat, and tears that you put into trying to finally become a parent and to have all of that and now be in this and not experience it was like a true like crime for me. And so I was trying to figure out what is like really the root cause? What is it that I can do in order to to be in these wonderful moments and not miss out. And, you know, I had friends who kept telling me, you should try this, you should try that. But I, I kept saying, no way, I'm totally type A, I have all these lists and like post-it notes and like my mind is constantly going. And when you're running your own businesses, it's like, you're just everywhere. You're like stretched yeah. in, you're constantly thinking, right? And I just didn't think it was for me. But at that point, I didn't have anything else. I was grasping at straws. So I what thought, were you doing oh, at that point? At that point, I was not even doing my own stuff. I was working for a health and wellness, uh, like a fitness company. And I was okay. trying to, um, I was doing like the business development side of it. Okay. And, um, and so I thought, okay, I'll try, I'll try an app. Right. And, um, and it worked 
<laughs> it was just like one minute spurts. And then slowly I went up to two minutes and three minutes. And honestly, it was the first time that I actually like took a moment to just hit the pause button and just to take care of myself. Like in the past, even up into like, since I was 16, I remember going to the gym, working out, and that was my me time. And it always has been for me. Right. But, um, but then you get, now you have like music on and all the stuff. And so you're not really like, you mean, you go through the motions and stuff. Right. But um, this was different. This was me just trying to be with myself and to whatever sort of comes up to allow it to come up, to try and like, settle into silence and just go through that whole motion, which I'd never done before. And it was a little scary, but um, it was helpful that there are just so many tools available. Yes. And after that, I became hooked and I tried to take it to where I was working and it didn't work out. And then I ended up um, just going through a, a program for myself, which I thought I was just going to level up, but I fell in love with it and knew I had to just you know, teach others and in the joy. Yeah. And, and in particular people who are trying to conceive, because like I said, I didn't have anything to help me out with all the stress and overwhelm. Um, and this, I feel like would have really helped me out. Absolutely. I think we, we go through different stages in our lives, right? Where it's more easier than other times. I feel like to kind of settle into that meditation or whatever your time is for yourself. Like you said, that used to be working out or whatever it may be. But when you're in a situation of such a high level of stress, like trying to conceive and not knowing or having so many unknowns, let's say, and starting to go down this spiral of sometimes self-hatred, body hatred, your relationship is breaking down because you maybe you're not on the same page or you're trying to get together only certain times of the month. And, you know, there's just a lot going on, let alone most people are working and whatever as well. Do you find that taking it in these, like breaking it up into little chunks, so to speak, rather than saying, okay, I'm going to try to take on 15, 20 minutes at a time. Do you feel like it's easier to start smaller and work your way up? Or do you think just some people are meant to be doing longer meditations and some people are, you know, need the baby steps, so to speak? What, what's what been your experience in that? Yeah, that is a great question. I'm all about baby steps. Um, even if you feel like you could do a little bit more and, and just like, if that's the type of person you are, always go into something new, especially um, just starting off small and then building up because approaching things that way gives you better success. It gives you an opportunity to really figure out how to fit it into your lifestyle, to um, make it just that organic experience versus trying to squeeze it into something. And then it gives you more stress, right? Like if you're a morning, not a morning person, and you're trying to wake up early to do it, like it makes more stress. And then it defeats the whole point of what you're trying to do versus really trying to utilize mindfulness, which is basically just awareness. So trying to tap into this awareness of like, okay, what is my reality? What is, um, 
what will really be honest for me to do? Like, okay, I am a night person. Let's just admit, let's be aware of that and lean into that and try and fit in that mindfulness and meditation into that moment versus trying to do it somewhere else. And then slowly um, building it up over time, like one minute, minutes, three minutes, and then it becomes a habit. And really that's what you want to try and have happen. And you want to create an environment for yourself where it's conducive to you going to that mindful moment, to you going to that journaling experience or that meditation few minutes in your day. Um, and it becomes habitual. And, and then you'll start to um, just, it just becomes a part of who you are, right? And that's, that's yeah. the goal. And I, I love the word mindfulness for so many reasons, but just because it gets you to stop and be like, okay, what am I not thinking of, right? So if I'm being mindful of what I'm doing or this conversation and sitting with you right now, that's amazing. But there's so many times when I can be multitasking five different things and I'm not mindful of one of them. <laughs> Really, you know, so if you have that as a practice that you're using in your day to day, you're always quote unquote mindful of what you're doing and or the absence of it in and of itself is being mindful right of recognizing like oh i'm not being mindful right now I better reel myself back in and get back on track, so to speak. Um, let's talk about your books plural now, which I'm super (laughs) excited for you Um, start with your first one. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So the first one is called Mindfulness Journal for Parents. And it's really, it's um, a lot of just different prompts and exercises that you can do. First, it starts off with just addressing um, stress management and uh, practicing awareness just for yourself as an individual outside of you being a parent, um, because we are we were people first. We were <laughs> before we became parents, and so um, the idea is to really get the hang of it and uh, to um, incorporate it into your lifestyle. And then the rest of the chapters uh, peppered into there are um, exercises that you can actually do with your children, but also just ways of approaching parenthood in a different way, in a, from a place of awareness and consciousness, a uh, place of like authenticity and empathy. So you'll find things like um, breathing exercises, journaling exercises. Um, there's some things that you can do where you're like drawing with your children or you're playing with your children and you're practicing being presence with them. Um, and we cover things like gratitude and all these sorts of things. And then with the latest and I, book, sorry, Josephine, I just want to interject. I have had your book, that particular book since it came out and my oldest, I think was, I don't know, three or so. And even at that age, it's things that you can do with them. Right. And just the fact that they're noticing you are being mindful and taking an investment in them and the relationship with them, they get curious and they want to know more about that. And I think a lot of times people assume that the little ones don't get it or they're not interested or whatever, but they are so interested and it's anything to connect with you, right? And they they just get so lit up and excited about it. So I just want to put that out there that it you don't have to have children that you think are a little bit older in order to get this book and utilize it because anytime you're improving yourself as a parent, your children are going to come on board with you in whatever way that looks. So I just want to make that statement as well. So on to the next book. Yeah, that's a totally great point though, because you're right. Um, 
uh, our kids are always watching us. They're always, whether or not they even realize it themselves, but they're constantly picking up cues on how we navigate life, how we um, face our challenges and how we deal with it. And so anytime we can model um, behaviors that we want them to have for them, then it's a win for both you and for your child. So, and like you said, totally can do it with your little ones up to your teenagers. Um, I've tried it on all (laughs) different ages. You have a lot to choose from. (laughs) (laughs) They're tried and tested. Uh, And then the next set, uh, the next book uh, that just came out was Five Minute Mindfulness for Pregnancy. And this one is a lot more in depth, goes through um, the benefits and the history of mindfulness uh, and how you can incorporate it and why you should incorporate it into your pregnancy. And this one covers um, just like the other one, except it has, um, so it has journaling, it has breath work, meditations, visualizations. It also has mindful movement. So you can, there's some like prenatal yoga exercises in there because the idea is that I realized, you know, not everyone is comfortable sitting still. And I didn't want to preclude people who didn't think that they could do certain exercises from experiencing mindful moments. Like you can still have a mindful moment doing a mindful walk, right? There are meditations that will even guide you through that. But um, really mindfulness, what I wanted people to understand from both books and just my work in general is that the end goal is for mindfulness to become a lifestyle because mindfulness is just awareness. If you just break everything else from it, it's simply just being aware and present in the moment of yourself, your environment and other people. And if you have that as like your layer of foundation, then you can see how it affects all the different buckets in your life. So whether um, you're applying mindfulness into your work life, into um, your fertility journey, into uh, if you're a parent, into your parenting, awareness can benefit each of those buckets, right? Um, and so that that ultimately is my goal is for people to really just start living this life of awareness and presence. I love it because also I, to your point earlier, we are so busy doing so many things all the time now to just slow down and even again, back to the baby step, even if it's for two minutes and, and take a pause, it, it makes such a big difference because we're always, we're always, always doing something. And it's to the point where it's, people are not even at night resting, really. They're recovering from their day. And there's a big difference between resting and recovering. And we need to be, you know, balancing our cortisol and our systems every night, our nervous systems, and just having that awareness and the mindfulness and doing some sort of practice, however little, I think is amazing. So how do people find you, first of all, just around this coaching specifically? Yeah, on my website, jayatlurie.com, you'll find, like, I do, I still do one-on-ones for people who are trying to conceive. Um, I do have online courses so that it's a little bit more accessible and more at your pace, uh, where I teach the basics of mindfulness and the different applications for it. Um, It makes for a great sort of bundle if you just, like, do both, because then a lot of times, Primarily when people come to me for one-on-ones, it's like right before they do um, a, an egg 
retrieval uh-huh. and then right before they do a frozen embryo transfer right, yeah. or um, like right at the beginning of their two-week wait so that they have the tools mm-hmm. uh, to help them through that really stressful two-week That's amazing. wait. Yeah. Um, but it's really just about helping them, sort of guiding them into um, a more peaceful and grounded state before such a big moment. Um, and the course sort of just supports like how can I keep doing this? Like, how can I incorporate this into my everyday life? So those are, and then it's same with parenting, um, but this time with parenting and pregnancy, um, you also have the books which are available on Amazon. Cool. And I think the biggest aspect from my perspective of working with somebody like you, once they're going through a retrieval or a transfer or anything like that, you understand the gravity of the situation of what they're going through rather than just being like, oh, here, just meditate and you know, it'll, it'll all be better. Like you get how I say it's game day. You get the, the enormity of what it is that they're going through and having that ability to relate to somebody on that experience that is so unique really in the world, as common as it is, it really is a unique experience and especially what you've been through. So I do want to touch on all of all all of that as far as you have a very wide story of your fertility. If you wouldn't mind sharing that for anybody who's listening to give them some hope that you ended up with your brood of seven. How did that all come about? Did you have a diagnosis that was, you know, preventing you from having your own children or how did that all work itself out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, before I start on that, but to your sure. point that um, it's true, you know, I do have, as you'll hear, that background of infertility, and it does help knowing because I remember, and even the clients I, I speak to and people that I interact with, um, it's hard to pe- speak to people who don't really get it, right? Like, yeah. Haven't experienced what you're going through. It's frustrating. It really is. Yeah, yeah. And then the advice that you get or the sympathy that you get seems kind of empty because it mm-hmm. doesn't come from a place of real, true empathy. Um, but to my story, um, you know, we knew we had to go into IVF immediately when we had to have children because of an illness that my husband had. And okay. so um, we naively went into it. You know, I use that word because I hear it so often, right? People who are especially young and have an early diagnosis are just like, I just went into it thinking, you know what, I'm going to do IVF or whatever it is, whatever assisted reproductive therapy. And because of that, like, I should be able to get pregnant. And then it doesn't happen and it's devastating. Yeah. Uh, so it took us a few years. We had to switch facilities, uh, multiple sort of like chemical pregnancies and transfers that didn't work. And then um, once we switched, we did become pregnant with twins only to lose them at 17 weeks. Oh, and wow. it was at that point that I just, it's the first time that I paused and like I actually had to, to physically recover, mentally, emotionally recover. And that was a point when I had to be honest with myself and my husband as well. Like, can we continue to do this after doing this for like three years? Mm -hmm. And the sad truth was I just couldn't, like, I could not do it anymore. And, Mm um, and it was heartbreaking to come to that reality. Um, but we always knew that, you know, that, adoption was an option and that there are many ways to create your family. And so that's when we pivoted to international adoption, took about a, like a little over a year. We chose a really fast program and um, welcomed our son home from Kazakhstan. And then after that, we tried IVF again, like after a year, you know, and thought, okay, one last chance, went to a different facility, pregnant with twins. Um, I carried them full term. They threw everything at me to help keep the pregnancy. Um, yeah 
to term. And then after that, we had all these frozen embryos mm. and I knew that we just, I couldn't carry anymore. Um, but because of your experience with pregnancy with those, with the twins you had just had. Well, because of the failed pregnancy from before, um, and then the actual pregnancy that we had, like I was on bed rest, I had to do a surplage. Um, but being completely honest, like half of that decision was because mentally I didn't go through it. Yeah. It just Mm -hmm. wasn't. And I, and you know, I had to point that out because in the beginning, like when I was talking about my story to people a couple of years back, I always focused on the physical part of it. Like I just couldn't, but it, like it took me some time to really own up to the fact that, you know what, like mentally, I just couldn't do it anymore. It was too taxing and, and it would make my mental health suffer. And so, um, yeah, the problem though, I think, and you can correct me, you probably know better than I do in order to do the surrogacy though, you can't just say like mentally, we can't take it anymore. Right. Like there has to be a medical reason as far as I know, for most, most agencies or most doctors to do it. Is that correct? Or Um, well, maybe because of our situation, because of the fact that we had a a loss and then, um, and then I had that whole, um, the, um, the bed rest and the surplage and all that. Um, so that was in my history. Yeah. You had it. I'm just saying you legit had it, but I know a lot of women that are like, this is too hard or I don't want to get fat or whatever. So I'm just going to get, have a surrogate and it doesn't really work that way. Right. Josephine actually did have a history that would account for her to move forward. But do you know if that's true anymore or is it possible? I'm not sure. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, because even because we've been in this so long, things have drastically changed yeah. from the very first time that we tried IVF to our very most recent, like back in the day, they were very willing and open about like, okay, we'll put two embryos in or three embryos in. It was yeah. not, no questions about it. Now you right. have to jump through hoops in order to have that be possible. Right. Um, and so like things are just like constantly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't actually know. That was just curious because that's how it used to be. And I, I have heard people say that. And I'm like, you might want to check that out. I don't think it's just, you know, you don't feel like being pregnant and you can um, have right. somebody do it because you're emotionally exhausted. I wish that was the case, you know. Yeah. Um, so, okay, continuing on. So you yeah. you were obviously, because of what you went through and whatever, I so appreciate you being honest with that because I think so many people just feel like I have to power through and I have no option. And you obviously did have an option, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was how that came about with, um, with international adoption. It was just like yeah. that, that idea there. And then, and um, did that go how, how you expected Did the uh, adoption process? Was that what you thought was, it would be? Yeah, it's hard because I had zero expectations of like, or any idea of what it was going to be like going into it. So it was a little bit, um, and then we had just done so many years, three years of like IVF that was like very different. Um, there was a lot of paperwork. There was so many, there's just so many different things that we had to do. Like we had to do a home study, which was really frustrating because you know, you, 
you know that you're going to be a good parent. You've obviously done, like, you've worked so hard. We had a loss, like we did all these things and to have to prove to people that I would be a good parent, like yeah. a recommendation letters. It just was a little bit upsetting for me. I imagine. Um, yeah. Um, and I have to go through a parenting class. I, I was just like, they don't make anyone else do this. You know, mm-hmm. they don't make yeah. other people who are just getting pregnant right, or whatever. Um, right. go through this. And so there was a lot of anger. I and mean, I mean, there was a lot of, I was coming from a loss. So there was just a lot of emotion sure. around this. Um, and then once we were in the country, it was really like, cause there was a language barrier. So it was really mm-hmm. tough. Um, but you know, so there was a lot, there was a lot of trust yeah. involved, but that's the case with any sort of, um, any sort of way that you're trying to get pregnant, right? There's just an insane amount of trust that you have to have and flexibility, um, when you're going through any of these different avenues. So, yeah. um, it was just a different, it was just a different way of experiencing it. So, um, anyway, we had these frozen embryos, um, we just worked so hard to get them. It just, we couldn't afford surrogacy for right then after um, the first, the, I gave birth to the twins. And then, yeah. uh, so we waited, like it ended up being like, that's why there's a big gap between the kids. We waited for like um, five, six years. And then uh, we decided to pursue surrogacy. And so that's when we um, had our set of twin boys. We went through an agency and um, the same uh, fertility doctor that we went through and then then we had one last and set. was that process what you expected it to be um uh, you know what i describe it as a combination of ivf and adoption because there was so much legal paperwork that we had to go through there wasn't the class or the recommendation letters but there was still like an insane amount of um yeah. paperwork and like legal stuff and agreements between us and the surrogate that um on top of all the medical stuff once we settled all of that. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was different. And then what was different here was that I actually, um, had to figure out how to build a relationship with someone. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. So different, like you don't really know what the norms are for it. And back when we were trying, um, like seven years ago, it was not, there wasn't a lot of information out there on it. Um, and so it was a little tough because I didn't know what, our relationship should be like and um it ended up working out like once she actually became pregnant and we had we had more checkups it just became more of like almost like um I was checking up on a family member because yeah. I wanted to make sure about their welfare and how they were doing how they were eating and like all this stuff yeah. um so that's how that formed and then with the second try we went through a different agency um different surrogate and uh and so here, I knew exactly what to expect. Right. And You're like, I'm a pro at this. Yeah. And she yeah. had it. It was easier. She had it. Well, she had a different. And then on top of that, she had a different personality. So mm-hmm. it was, um, I think having that experience from before, plus her personality, just being more like she's a very pe- people person, that it made um, the experience was different this time. Right. And did you get a chance to interview them like personality wise beforehand, or was it really just? statistically this is this is how many live births she's had this is her medical history how does that work like are you able to go have coffee with them and be like i like her or eh, yeah yeah you know? well we were both long distance 
okay. um, for, for both. Um, but so we had Zoom interviews with them. Yeah. We had their whole dossier, of course, of medical experience. And they wrote like an essay and answered all these questions. Right. But then we actually got to speak to them and their husbands um, about just like whatever was on our mind and vice versa. And so um, you can kind of, you know, it was like, it was like online dating almost like yeah. know each other, but like really quick, but getting a ton of as much information as possible because it's such a big decision too. It was, it was, gosh. Um, So that uh, you can kind of get it, but can you really get a a true sense of someone in the first conversation? I mean, you know, yeah. Right. <laughs> so it was wild. All the experiences were very different. They had some overlaps. Um, you know, they're, uh, it's just, I'm, I'm like thankful that I'm able to have such a wide background of like ways to become a parent and be able to speak to that to help other people. Um, Completely. It's amazing. Cool. Yeah. So I look at it as a gift now. Um, Did you ever think, it. you know, at 20 years old, this would be like, I, I'm a mom of seven and these is, this is how I have all my family. No, not that's crazy. Kind of, how can you imagine something? Like- I know <laughs> oh that's God. wild. Yeah. And so cool. And how's your husband? Is he just like go with the flow and, you know, or is he kind of one that's pushing more than you are? How, how is that dynamic with when you guys were deciding whether to go again or not and to do two or one or how's yeah. that between you guys? Yeah, no, he was really very supportive. Um, and he's, he's kind of like the very opposite um, personality of me. So um, he's like, yeah, he can look at things from, um, he's really analytical, so he can, and he'll do like a lot of research on stuff, whereas I like to just like jump into things and see, okay, whatever happens, it'll happen, let's yeah. just do it, you know, I'm really optimistic about stuff, and he's a little bit more cautious, um, so we make a good pair that way, and that is really what happened throughout, um, throughout this whole process of like doing IVF and an adoption and surrogacy. Um, there are definitely moments where, you know, he wasn't ready and I was ready and then vice versa, you know, yeah. based off of like our careers and where they were going and how we felt about like how we were handling the amount of kids that we had currently. Um, but it all just kind of came back to the fact that we had these embryos and we just wanted to give them a chance because we worked really hard. And are you I do have more embryos. That's no. it. Okay. <laughs> you used all of them. Okay. And yeah. each time that you transferred, was it, were you transferring to each time and then they both took each time? Mm-hmm. Were you always thinking then like, oh, of course we're going to have twins because I know a lot of people are like, oh, we're doing this and hoping that one sticks, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, the feel- idea is, yes, let's do this for two to increase our chances and you know, it's costly. So let's just, let's do the two um, and let's hope one sticks. And then after the first, like, well, the first one we lost at 17, but they were twins. And then Mm -hmm. then when I carried twins and then when we went into surrogacy, it was kind of like, well, maybe that'll be different because maybe I was the one who was able to like they attached to me and maybe <laughs> yeah. it'll just be like one <laughs> but it wasn't and so 
<laughs> I mean, it's always in the back of your mind, but yes. like, well, we've done this before, so it'll be fine. <laughs> that is so wild. I remember like my doctor saying, well, your probability of having twins now. And I'm like, oh God, please Lord, because I don't think, I mean, I know I wouldn't be capable of it. And so God bless you guys for not only doing it once, but multiple times over. <laughs> Although when you talk to people that have twins, they often say that's what we know. And so it's fine. But, you know, from my perspective, it's just, I don't even know. I couldn't do it. So good for you. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story in so many ways of one, pivoting your life to a new business and helping serve others, making an impact on the world, which I love so much. And two, the hope of a fertility journey that you didn't expect to come into and now having these amazing humans in the world that are are out there then spreading that word i feel like of i am a child that came to the world this way which i think is this whole new generation of not not feeling shameful of it and knowing that it's super common and then you know if our children do have to go through something like that they're like oh yeah you know, I know the Alturis and they have seven kids and this is how, you know, or whatever. And it's, I just love that because it's shifting the narrative as a collective of humans that this is a possibility of how we can grow our families now too. So. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to share. I really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. And again, website, if you want to share your website and your podcast one last time for people to find you there. Yeah, the website is jayatlory.com. Um, you can book sessions there with me on Instagram. I'm at Josephine R. at Lurie, and I am always putting up mindfulness videos. Uh, the podcast is called Responding to Life, Talking Health, Fertility, and Parenthood. And the two books you can get on Amazon. So Amazing. Well, thank you so much again for being here, and we'll cross paths again soon, I'm sure. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. Follow up on Instagram at the Pretty Little Tribe or at Elizabeth King underscore coaching for updates, resources, and a community to connect with. If you are looking for extra support and tools to guide you along your TTC and parenting journey, visit elizabethking.com. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast everywhere you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Visit elizabethking.com backslash pretty little tribe podcast for more information on how to enter. Any review counts. I just appreciate your honest feedback so I can provide you with the best support possible in your TTC and parenthood journey. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.